0: The following program gives personal opinions and is intended to provide entertainment and information only. It is not considered to be any form of legal investment appraisal or inspection advice whatsoever. Listeners are encouraged to secure two to three bids from competing contractors for specific issues pertinent to their home or situation. Welcome to Real Estate Unveiled, where we pull back the shades to give you the truth and nothing but the truth about real estate with a laser focus on everything about home inspections and real estate appraisals.
1: That's right. We're here to demystify the real estate process and take the fear and anxiety out of the equation to unearth the real scoop about home inspections and the real estate appraisal process.
0: Oh, if homes could talk. Well, that's our job. I'm Tim Hance, board certified master home inspector and owner of All Islands Home Inspections.
1: And I'm Elizabeth Hance, Washington State certified real estate appraiser and owner of All Islands Appraisal.
0: Consider us your truth tellers, unbiased ambassadors of and mouthpieces for the home. We're delighted to be here. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're excited to have Calvin Van Coten with Oh Say Can You See Roof, Window and Gutter Cleaning Services. Calvin's been in the roof cleaning, window cleaning and gutter cleaning business for over three years and services all of Whidbey and Fidalgo Islands. Oh Say Can You See Roof, Window and Gutter Cleaning Services provides free estimates, which is awesome, and has an excellent reputation. You can reach Calvin at 360-720-3549 or www.oscyswc.com. And that's an acronym for OsayCanYouSeeWindowCleaning.com. Calvin, thanks for participating in our broadcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. So today's podcast is about moss and roof maintenance, specifically uh, about maintaining roofs in the Pacific Northwest. This is an issue that comes up frequently in home inspections, real estate appraisals, and also with homeowners insurance. So for the real estate perspective, Liz, uh, how does moss on roofs and roof maintenance affect your line of work, or when do these issues present for you?
1: Well, from an appraiser's perspective, the roof of a home is always evaluated, um, as are the other major components of the property, the siding, the foundation, um, and the interior. Being able to visually assess the roof is very important. Um, often, we are asked to make statements about the remaining life of a roof or um, whether or not the roof is in a in satisfactory condition. So being able to see the roof is very important, and being able to um, make a determination on uh, the condition and the 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 type of material. so if if something is really obscured or covered in moss or or debris, an appraiser is often going to uh, state that they couldn't see it, and then um, a lender will come back and ask for more information. They may It may cause a problem in the loan process.
0: So basically, if, if you can't see the roof, obviously you can't comment about its condition or useful remaining life, and that could be a red flag for the lender who's taking the risk on the property.
1: Yes, that's right. And also, uh, the roof is, is such a main component that it factors into the overall condition of the property, which is how an appraiser kind of approaches many uh, maintenance and condition issues.
0: So it's curb appeal, right? You drive up to a house and it has six or eight inches of moss on the roof, and that's your first impression of the house. Is probably a house that hasn't been very well maintained. At least that's your first impression. It's mine.
1: It's not going to help, uh, unless we're talking about a live roof and it's intentional.
0: Exactly. Live roofs, that's a subject for another podcast. So, from a home inspection standpoint, this comes up, I'd say, 90% of the time. Uh, I see moss on roofs uh, either to a subtle extent. It usually presents within the first two to three years of a roof if it isn't uh, maintained or treated. And then it can grow to substantially covering the roof coverings to the point that they're completely obscured, in which case, when I get up onto a roof, I basically say, listen, I, I can't tell what the roof coverings look like. So similar to Liz with a real estate appraisal, if I can't see the roof, it's a great disclaimer. And then the clients are left with uh, not really knowing the condition of the roof. So that's further evaluated out to a roofing contractor or a roofing treatment specialist who can look at the roof, treat it, remove the moss if necessary, and uh, ascertain the useful remaining life and condition of the underlying roof coverings, which is uh, what most clients, homeowners, sellers, and uh, you know, risk assessment, insurance companies, et cetera, want to know. This is such a common issue that I actually have a link to a blog article that I've written specifically addressing this. I've created a video talking about my recommendations for best practices to maintain a roof in the Pacific Northwest, and I have that on my website, and I link it with every home inspection report. I even link it in reports when I don't see moss recommending that a roof be proactively treated for uh, moss growth, because it's inevitable. We live in the Pacific Northwest and moss is coming. So from a homeowner's insurance uh, perspective, I asked and reached out to Michelle Wiley with Madrona Point Insurance on Orcas Island, which is a great insurance company, by the way, to ask her, can an insurance company require moss be removed from the roof? She states, and I quote, yes, the carrier can and does require clean moss-free roofs. The carrier can come from the initial." Uh, inspection when they see moss on the roof, or in the case of a high-value home or vacation rental, uh, some of these are required to be inspected every three years for moss growth. If the roof is under 20 years old and in good condition, then cleaning usually satisfies the underwriter. If it's over 20 years, she says, some insurance companies will accept an inspection from a licensed roofer or contractor and depending upon the roof material, if it's wood shake or metal, it could be approved for binding or renewal based upon that inspection. She goes on to say, however, that some carriers might actually require a new roof, which uh, you know I take to mean if it's a roof that's over 20 years, substantially covered with moss, um, that some carriers uh, will say that it needs to be replaced. So this inevitably comes to the next question what do we do about moss growth on the roof? The homeowner or the lender is saying, we don't know what the condition of the roof coverings are. We refer this out to a qualified contractor. And that's where somebody like Calvin Van Coten and OC, can you see, you know, window cleaning and roof cleaning comes into, into play. So, so Calvin, again, um, you know, thanks for being here. And, you know, so let's talk about moss. I mean, does, is, is moss inevitable to grow on, say a composition roof here in the Northwest if it's not treated?
2: Oh yeah. Um, the Pacific Northwest, moss just needs moisture and um, soil. And soil can come from anywhere. It can come from um, debris, just eventually composting on the roof and collecting uh, in the valleys of the roof. And then also with shingle roofs, there's eventually going to be a lot of wear on it, depending on how old it is. And the granules on the shingles eventually start to wear off and collect in certain areas on the roof. And that provides enough soil for moss to grow. And then also, of course, just uh, bird droppings. uh, That eventually is good, uh, nutritious soil for moss. So um, if you don't uh, treat your roof, uh, the spores can carry in the air and quite easily find areas to take root and start growing.
0: So just dust in the air, right, is organic material. And even if you live in an area with no trees, Um, You know, dust gets in the air, eventually settles onto the roof, bird droppings, etc. And that, together with moisture, will lead to eventual moss growth, right? Right. You will see a lot of that here in the Northwest. (laughs) And a good indicator I usually tell clients is to look around at the roofs in your neighborhood to get an idea of how often you need to treat your roof. So if you're in a neighborhood uh, with uh, 10 to 15-year-old homes and every home has a pristine roof with no moss growth, Chances are they're not all treating their roof because most homeowners don't do as we always recommend, right? So you can probably defer it. But if you see other roofs in the neighborhood with a substantial amount of moss growth on your roof, you know it's coming.
1: Well, that, that begs to question, does the exposure of a property have something to do with whether or not moss will grow? I mean, we tend to see moss in, what is it, the north, northern side of a property, do you know why that is, Calvin?
2: Well, usually the north side, I was, yeah, that's where the least sun is usually on the roof. So uh, the, the more shade the moss has, um, it's cooler, it's, it stays moist longer, you'll find a lot more moss growth on that side of the roof.
0: But it's not just isolated to the northern plain, right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so it might start to present at the northern plain, but it's really the area that takes the longest to dry, has the most moisture, Exactly. Um, and then organic growth, of course, exacerbates that issue. You know, another issue is, you know, like Calvin's saying, debris accumulation on the roof. If you don't maintain that, that will, like a sponge, hold
2: moisture. And then, you know, what about tree branches? You know, is that something to cut back or tree branches, uh, uh, needles? It's all going to collect and hold moisture. So moss growth is inevitable. So that leads to the next question: Does
0: moss growth actually cause damage to a roof? I mean, why why treat it? Why not just let it go?
2: Well, uh, especially on shingle roofs, um, the moss can grow underneath. Uh, It can get underneath the shingles and lift it up, and that gives a passageway for water to get underneath and start uh, rotting the wood. Um, Sometimes they can uh, block vents, and if it blocks vents up on the roof, it can prevent air circulation in your attic, which can uh, prevent uh, moisture from getting out of your attic, and that can cause mold and mildew inside. I'm
0: glad you brought that up. I added this in later into our talking points because, uh, you know, I inspected a home recently on Orcas Island, a nice, big, fancy home, and uh, they had a uh, concrete tile roof, moss on the roof, and they wanted it to grow moss to look really cool. And I've always thought, you know, that's fine. But the issue is that the ridge vents or whatever sort of ventilation you have for the attic, the moss can restrict that ventilation. And I go through this super clean home inspection and ultimately go into the attic and my heart sinks because the attic is full of mold. And, and it's because there isn't enough ventilation. The ultimate cause was determined to be restricted ventilation of the roof system due to moss. And so they had to have the whole roof you know, clean of moss. And then they had to have the entire attic area remediated at significant tens of thousands of dollars expense. So it was not just the roof coverings, but the underlying attic that it affected as well. Other things that moss growth can do is you can have moss growth that gets into and grows to uplift the shingles, but can also uplift flashing details. So flashings around skylights, for instance, flashing details around any roof penetrations. You know, moss gets into areas, it roots into the roofs, into the roof coverings, and then it grows and expands. And as it grows and expands, that's going to mechanically lift up flashing details, rendering these areas vulnerable to wind-driven rain, uh, to moisture accumulation, et cetera. And any penetration in your roof is vulnerable to water intrusion.
1: When you talk about the lifting of the shingles, that brings up something that uh, reminds me in a few of the lender protocols, specifically the FHA and the VA guidelines, they ask the appraisers to specifically look for curled cupping or um, out-of-place shingles. So those are, uh, and and we provide photographs of the property. And and, um, so we we have to mention that. And if a shingle becomes displaced because of Organic growth, then that's going to be an indicator for not only the appraiser about the condition, but also the underwriter is going to uh, make requests based on on that kind of thing.
0: So roof moss can accelerate degradation of a roof system. It can reduce useful life expectancy. A roof will naturally. degrade over time, of course, but when you have moss growing into it and, you know, rifts, for instance, they crack at some point. A, it's a phenomenon known as crazing. And as the moss gets into these cracks, it will actually expand those cracks and can further separate them and and lead to uh, reduced life expectancy. So
1: it's known as crazing.
0: Yeah, it's called crazing. And uh, uh, that's at least what it's referred to in the industry. So that's that's what I call it, at least. Okay. Um, So, so moss is a problem is the bottom line and it's important to, to deal with it. So this leads to the next question, you know, what do you do to deal with moss on a roof? You know, do you blast it off with a pressure washer? Do you get your random orbital sander up there and beat the heck out of your roof coverings? You know, do you treat it, uh, Calvin, what, what is your general recommendation? I know that every situation is unique, and we'll talk about some of the specific situations, but what's your general recommendation for uh, treatment and or removal of moss on roofs?
2: Uh, well, my most common uh, treatment to mossy roofs is just to put uh, a treatment on, and there's quite a few different types of treatment you can use. If It really depends on how bad the moss is, on the roof uh, that determines what kind of treatment I use. I usually, uh, for very thick moss, use uh, zinc. And if you go to your local hardware store, you'll find that uh, most moss killers, 99% of it is just made from zinc. And it's a very common uh, moss killer, um, not just for roofs, but I think for, you know, um, mossy, um, what do you have it? uh, sidewalks. Sidewalks. Yeah, yeah. So... I usually put that on for very thick moss on roofs, and it's uh, pretty strong. It'll take care of it. You could probably put it on twice a year if you have basically a carpet of moss on your roof. Uh, but for maintenance, like uh, once a year, once you have the moss all taken care of to prevent it from coming back, I usually use uh, baking soda. And it's a very inexpensive moss killer, and uh, you might need to put a little more on it than uh, zinc, but it's very uh, friendly to the environment um, and... Uh, this my go to for most maintaining roofs.
1: So Calvin, can you tell us about one of the worst roofs you've ever seen? Is that is do you have a a, a memorable moment in that category? Well, uh, if you usually
2: I clean the roof off, I blow it of debris, or whatever, before I put a treatment on so that it can spread. Uh, how a treatment works is uh, you put it on usually the peak of the roof, and then when it rains, it's going to dissolve the treatment and spread it, and the moss will absorb it. But uh, in order to spread, you need uh, you need to clean all the debris on the roof to make sure it has good. Uh, it can flow to every inch of the roof to kill the moss. And uh, while I was doing that, I was blowing off needles, debris, whatever was on there. And uh, if a couple shingles came off, I would tell the homeowner right away. Well, you know you're going to have to replace this roof pretty soon because there's not much the treatment will do to. Kill the moss you're just going to have the same problem with water leaks and rot so
0: and it might just be that moss is the only thing keeping that roof from exactly. leaking, right
2: yeah it might you might need to keep the moss on there just to hold your roof down until you can get it replaced so
0: that's awesome
2: and so, so there
0: are different levels of moss accumulation on a roof so let's just talk about the extreme you've got two three inches of moss covering the entire roof so pretty extreme you can't see any of the roof covering so calvin if you treat that
2: will that eventually go away um, so in that instance, uh, I treat it with zinc. I would use zinc um, moss. Uh, baking soda would probably be not sh- uh, strong enough to kill that thick of moss. It would take a long time. So I would use zinc, and it. I usually takes about five to seven weeks to kill to really see a difference. It'll start turning brown, and at that point, uh, if it was if it was not very thick, you could just let the weather. Uh, take the moss off, it'll eventually fall off because the roots will be very weak. But if you don't see that happening because it's so thick on the roof, then, uh, well, I usually take a broom and very gently remove it. uh, After you've killed it? After I've killed it. You don't want to do it when it's still green because um, how the moss grows on the roof, its roots can get quite uh, deep into the uh, shingles, it can get in the cracks, and if you remove it, uh, you're exposing a lot of area where the moss was covering. And then you're also, uh, the roots are taking a lot of the shingles with it. So you need to be careful when you do that.
1: So as the root system dies on the moss, it, it kind of retracts from the the particles and the, and the shingles so that it's, removing it at that point isn't going to take as much of the roof structure or even significant amount of the roof structure with it.
2: Right, right. And it, Ideally, you don't want to remove it uh, by hand. It's more—it's you want the weather to just kind of with the rain and the wind just to tr- kind of take it off slowly at a time. But um, when it's really bad, you have you know you have to sometimes do it by yourself. So
0: yeah, and sometimes you're required to do that. Like Michelle Wiley with Madrona Point Insurance said, their underwriters are requiring that moss be removed from the roof. So I can tell you countless examples of sellers who have their roofs "quote unquote" cleaned. Prior to sales, so that the roof looks great from the ground. And honestly, as I go up to a roof from the ground, it may look great from the ground. And it's not until I get up onto the roof that I see the effects of aggressively pressure washing or brushing a roof. And like Calvin said, if you brush it off when it's green and those roots are embedded into the composition shingles, they grab chunks of shingles and they take away the granules, the asphalt, and they expose the underlying fiberglass underlayment, which mechanically damages and compromises the shingles because the granules and the tar or asphalt in a shingle are really what give it its life and longevity. So it's important to, to maintain that barrier. Um, and so I'll go up onto a roof where, you know, I'll give an example a 40 year old roof. Uh, no, I'm sorry. A 40 year roof that's only five years old, had some moss growth on it. A client's father-in-law went up to pressure wash it, to clean it off before uh, they listed it for sale. I get up onto the roof and I can tell that this was an amateur job and the roof was destroyed. And it was only a five-year-old, you know, $30,000 roof. I come down and tell my clients and they're just like distraught. I'm like, you need a new roof.
2: I've I've uh, talked to a local roofing company on the island. And he said that uh, in most cases that he's seen, after three years, a pressure wash roof is going to fail. Uh, that's the average that he's seen uh, on the island. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So try to avoid the pressure washing of a
0: roof, right? Um, so, so Calvin, when you're approaching a roof, either from a preventative or proactive measure, or where there's just a light amount of moss growth, uh, what is your typical application, and how does that process work?
2: Usually, uh, putting a treatment on.
0: So you treat it with either you know the sodium hypochlorite right. or the zinc and you let it you let it sink in and then do you do you try to come back after a couple of weeks after it's set in and do a light brushing or Depending upon the application, It right? depends
2: really on how thick it was. Yeah. Uh, if it's not too bad, then I'll just tell the customer, you know, just keep an eye on it. It takes five to seven weeks to go into effect. And uh, y- you got to be careful around here. Sometimes the wind can blow the treatment off if it's in powder form. So uh, I tell my customers to always keep an eye on it. And uh, if it ends up not working, I just come back and put it on again for them. Yeah. Um, so it, it, what you're waiting for is the, uh, rainfall right after you put it on. So I never put treatments on during the summer cause you won't get much rain. Uh, you need the rain to, uh, dissolve the treatment, prevent it from blowing off and just kind of spreading it. So the moss will absorb it and spread it to all of its roots. It's pretty ideal in spring and fall. So yeah, that's pretty much my process right there. Perfect.
0: perfect. And I can give just a personal example. My family owns a vacation rental place up in the San Juan Islands. And if you have patience, that's the ultimate thing to do is to treat the roof, repeatedly treat it over months or years if necessary. And I've seen some of these cabins that have had two, three inches of moss growth. It's green, beautiful, wonderful, lush moss growth. And we treat it once. Three months later, it's starting to turn brown and black. We treat it again. It eventually goes blacker and blacker, and then you continue to do that two to four times a year in an aggressive treatment program. And eventually, you see this moss just going away. And after, after three years, it was all gone, which really was a classic example of you know if you just let the moss die and release its roots, then it, with Mother Nature, the rains, wind, et cetera, that moss is just going to fall off naturally exactly. without, without you know, grabbing chunks of roof at the same time.
1: So that brings to mind a question. If you do regular treatment maintenance, um, are you going to extend the life of your roof system or uh, just kind of maintain it in, in the estimated lifespan that a roofer would give? Um, it's hard to say uh You'll definitely
2: preserve your roof. I don't know about giving it extra life, but it really depends on you know where you live, of course. The condition, uh, the conditions, mm-hmm. right? Just keeping the moss off that really makes a big difference in how long your your uh, roof is going to last. The,
1: the reason I asked that question is uh, appraisers are often asked to actually give a a number or a number of years of remaining life on a roof. So for a uh, FHA loan, we have to say it has two or more years of remaining life. And for the VA, we have to say it has five or more years of remaining life. And if it does not, then we have to say that the roof needs to be replaced. Uh, In rare instances, we'll say, you know, we're just unsure. So a a third party professional needs to come in and give the evaluation. But when you see a really well-maintained roof, you know when it was installed, you know what type of roof it is. So you've got that uh, estimated lifespan. Uh, it's just one more bit of information to be considering. If a roof's been well-maintained, uh, it's going to reach that full lifespan that it was intended for.
0: And in as much as an inspector or roofing contractor or or a roof cleaning contractor can't see roof coverings underneath moss, if you treat it, we know it's eventually going to go away. And if I can see 50 to 60% of the roof coverings have at least 10 years of remaining serviceable life and 40% are covered with moss, I would be comfortable knowing that it's been professionally treated to give a 10-year life expectancy letter to clients saying, you know, this roof appears to have 10 years. If it's treated proactively and routinely for the next few years, this moss will eventually go away. But if you pressure wash it, uh, it could be a different story. But again, sometimes insurance companies are requiring this. So they'll pressure wash it and then have it evaluated after that time to determine useful remaining life. one you know, other thing, some homeowners uh, like to do it themselves uh, to treat their roofs. So like Calvin's saying, you can treat it with zinc granules or baking soda. It's always best to do it professionally. And I can tell you this from personal experience that, that Calvin and roof cleaning uh, companies do a way better job than I can do. They, they give a mass treatment of the moss. It's much more professional. Um, but it is something you can also do yourself if you're comfortable getting up onto a roof. So um, always, if you go onto a roof, use personal protective equipment. Tie off your ladder. Make sure you have the appropriate shoes and be very careful. Work with a partner. Uh, and then I have a link on my website, allislandsinspections.com. Click on moss growth, and you will see my recommendations in a video that I've uh, produced to uh, discuss my recommendations for best practices to maintain mean roofs. A note on zinc strips. Uh, some people use zinc strips on roofs. Um my personal opinion is if it can be slid underneath a shingle without penetrating holes, nails through the roof, fine. I think that's fine. But those are zinc strips are vulnerable to being displaced with winds, etc. Um, so uh, they, they, they're for sale, readily available at hardware stores with nails and gaskets to help seal these nails. But uh, in my mind's eye, my logical mind's eye, penetrating the roof unnecessarily with nails is not a good idea.
2: Coming from that roofer I was talking to, three years that's probably how much life it'll give you other than that it's going to stop working so he's don't have a lot of uh don't see the the integrity of zinc strips anymore they've kind of gone off as far as quality goes yeah maybe not something great to invest in
0: right okay yeah so and then you know how do you how can you tell if you're looking up at your roof let's say you're buying a house and you want to know if I mean you see what you think is moss up on a roof but um, you're not sure if it's been treated or if it's active I mean a pretty easy way to tell is if it's green or not Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's green, it's active. If it's brown or black, it's dying or dead, respectively. And if you guys, if anyone sees white powder or residue on a roof or at the eaves of a roof, that is a tell sign because zinc powder or baking soda are both white. It's a sign that the roof has been treated, and um, so that's a good sign. A lot of clients will ask me, what's that white on top of a roof? Or you look around your neighborhood, you're going to see white residue on top of a roof. That's usually what it is.
2: A note on that. um, During the summer, a lot of times moss will kind of discolor, but sometimes that's just because it's going in a dormant state. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's been treated and it'll probably just turn green again when it starts getting more moisture. So just keep that in mind too. Good point. So summer's probably not the
0: best time to assess if it's dormant
2: or dead. Right. right? Whereas if it's during the growing season when it's
0: been wet, which in the northwest here is probably nine months of the year. Exactly. uh, It's going to be green if it's active.
1: And it seems like the bottom line is to treat your your roof for moss before the appraiser comes out, and it sounds like many months in advance or the home inspector, because what you really want to see is the end result of the treatment, is the roof after the moss has died and after it has uh, fallen off the roof system so that the roof can be accurately assessed. Exactly.
0: Okay Calvin, uh, I think that I think we've covered most of the salient points with moss on roofs, maintenance, how you treat it. Is there anything else that you would like to add to the conversation or any you know, parting uh, advice that you'd give to clients, homeowners, or, or would be home buyers?
2: Uh, yeah, there's actually one thing. Um, I've actually seen this quite a few times. It's kind of funny. Uh, when you're putting your uh, moss treatment on, uh, make sure you keep in mind uh, the overhang of the roof above you. Because I uh, have to make sure the uh, rain and moisture is able to hit the uh, treatment so it's able to spread it. And I've seen it before where people would uh, put their treatment up close to a second story wall and it has the overhang of the roof above it, and the rain's not able to get to the moss treatment. So they end up having this, this layer of, uh, of treatment up there pretty much the whole time. And it's an easy fix. All you need to do is spray your hose up there to spread it again. But uh, I've made that mistake a couple times. Uh, And it can be kind of fun to see. um, You get a call back to clean the roof. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, and another thing is um, I found the hard way that uh, baking soda and zinc actually are not uh, good to mix. Um, They actually, I had a chemist tell me this one time. uh, I was treating his brief. I put zinc on it and then I had run out of zinc. So the only thing I had left was baking soda. So I put the remainder of my baking soda up there, and it kind of overlapped a little bit. And uh, I found out, and he was telling me this, that uh, one is an acid, one is a base, I believe, and they will counter each other. So there was a completely green side of his roof that I had put a treatment on, but because the zinc and the baking soda mixed with each other, they countered each other, and uh, they had no effect on the moss. So kind of a funny story there.
0: That's a nice segue to say, I have a degree in chemistry from the University of Washington. <laughs> well, and you, you,
2: you so, learn a little bit about it as you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: so mixing acid and base, it basically brought it to a neutral pH. Exactly. And eliminated its ability to create a caustic environment for Oscar growth. But at
1: least it didn't damage anything.
0: Yeah, at least it didn't start yeah. Yeah. foaming like a volcano, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay. All right, it's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to Real Estate Unveiled. Our new episodes debut on the first Monday of every month. If you liked this episode, please leave a comment, thumbs up, or review, which is super helpful to our podcast. Special thanks to Calvin Van Coten with Oh Say Can You See Window, Roof, and Gutter Cleaning Services. Again, you can reach Calvin at 360-720-3549 or www.oscyswc.com. Also, thank you to Michelle Wiley with Madrona Point Insurance on Orcas Island who can be reached at www.madronapointinsurance.com or 360-376-5707. Finally, thanks to David Baker with Rat Recording for studio and production. For all of your real estate appraisal needs, you can reach Elizabeth Hance at 360-317-5845 or www.allislandsappraisal.com. For home and commercial building inspections, you can reach me, Tim Hantz, at 360-298-1163 or www.allislandsinspections.com. If you have any comments, suggestions, or advice, or know somebody you'd like to see featured on an upcoming podcast, please let us know. Thanks again for listening.